looking at the number one California, here we come Right back where we started from Hustlers, grab your guns, your shadow is a ton Driving down the 101 California, here we come Right back where we started from California Welcome to the OC the show where we take an in-depth episode by episode look at seminal an underrated primetime soap opera the early odds the oc i am your host mike and this is your host ryan ryan holy holy shit dude this is episode like 89 or 90 and you did not look down at your notes to read that intro this has got to be the first time where you just had it memorized 90th times to try i'm so impressed Wait, is that the same third <laughs> Charm. It's charm. Shit. I should have written that down. 90th time is the try. That is when you start trying. (laughs) Is this the episode where you start trying? You phone it in for the first almost 100, and then you really start. No, man, I've like I've done uh, so many podcasts with you. I've done uh, superhero hour hour where like it really feels like you're trying, even though that's the one you definitely don't. And then movie of the year, (laughs) which is ridiculous because you say like you really try on that one and you're so bad at it. Like, have you ever watched a movie before? Don't answer that. Uh, but uh, this, the OCD, like you're hosting, I would think that you'd be trying all of the time. I mean, this is the fun show. This is where we let our hair down, get sloshy drunk, and we talk still about have things we love. We still have listeners. Do you oh, not care sure. about the listeners? I do, but this is what they, we have listeners because this is what they want. They want you not trying. Yeah. For Nobody 89 episodes. Hard. And then in the 90th one, here we go. All right. And try- we'll see. Maybe he's listening to a plummet. They're like, this is not what I signed up for. I didn't want somebody here to do their job. <laughs> uh, I, I got to say, like, most podcast listeners are like, they are turned off by people who are trying to do their job. Yeah. Like, can you imagine, like, if Sam Donaldson had a podcast? Ugh. Or, like, Walter Cronkite? Ugh. <laughs> Could you even imagine Walter Matthau? You just think I'm making up names right now. I, we're all just putting words together. Ryan, this is part two of the Nana Returns. What did we talk about last week? We did talk about how uh, the Nana is back. Linda go Lavin. banana, go banana, go banana. <laughs> we talked about how Miami, welcome to Miami, by the way, uh, quote my unquote way. Will Smith, which is like not even a joke. We hear that song like four times in this episode. Mm-hmm. And at some point, Sandy gets out of a limo and he's like, in the words of my favorite poet, Will Smith. Welcome to Miami. Uh, we talked about how maybe the Nana does not have the best choice in men, unless she's choosing uh, her son or grandson. And then uh, we also talked about how... Um, Seth is a dirtbag and lick whipped cream off of Mary Sue. Yes. And so lots of things... I, I, I think that we covered Miami, basically, right? Because it's either old people yes. or whipped cream. Yeah. We covered everything and never the twain shall meet, because nobody wants that. Uh, so we covered Miami last week, and this week we're going to cover and what's going on in Newport Beach. And uh, it's just normal, fun stuff. Uh, let's just dive right into Summer and Zach. There is a county in Florida named Orange County. And in New York. Is Miami in Orange County, Florida? Just to keep it real. They're like, okay, we wanted her set in Orlando, but Miami, Orange County. No, I bet it's Miami-Dade County. You grew up in Orange County, California. You uh, lived in New York, away from Orange County, New York, and then you uh, often travel to Miami that is not in Orange County. Which of the three of those are your favorite? Oh, Miami. Also, let's me often travel. That sounds like not diabolical. What's the word I'm looking for? Douchebaggy. Douchebaggy. Shitty. Dip shitty. Yeah. Every time I've been to Miami, it's been with you. So I'm rubbing your glue, motherfucker. Yeah, but every time I go to Miami, I'm like Will Smith there. And I'm like saying, welcome to Miami, 
Bienvenido a Miami. Yeah, that's true. You act like a Walmart greeter for the city of Miami for all people coming in. <laughs> that's the least I can do. Get They're also the coming cart. in. I want to welcome them. Are we cutting? Or like, is that the end of the intro? No, I was going to just dive into Summer and Zach. Oh, man. All right. But here we go. All right. Go for it. Do you it. need the cut? Do you need to get prepped? No, yeah, like look, I want to cut real All quick right, because I'm so break. Zach makes me so mad. We're gonna take a break. Remind you what the job of the fucking host is, and then talk about Summer and Zach. Ryan, Summer, as we said last week, has gotten into boxing, and she is so into beating the shit out of her bag that when Zach taps her on the shoulder, which you should never do when somebody's uh, boxing a bag, she turns around and hits him right in his face. I bet she thought it was Seth. Let's think about the logistics of this. Zach went past the step monster who is passed out on the couch because of pills, right? Mm-hmm. Summer's dad is gone. Summer's stepmom is just uh, passed out on pills. He goes up the stairs, opens the door. Summer is hitting a fucking sandbag as hard as she can. Uh, he, he taps Summer on the shoulder, and Summer swings around and does not punch him in the gut, but right in the fucking motherfucking right smile as hard as she can. In that Cheshire jaw, he goes down. Uh, and then she tells him, she says, Cohen and me are on a timeout. And his ooh is so obvious what he wants. And his voice drops so many keys. And it's not like he has a high voice normally, but he's just like, why don't I make you dinner this weekend? <laughs> Francesca gave me a great rest. That's a lot of keys. And so it's kind of like, it's silly. I'm reminding you how you put me in a vulnerable position, reminding you of a time when we were dating. All right. So I am for sure out on Zach. Way more than you, because I notice smiles that boys give and you don't. Uh, but I do like this move. This move. I'm saying I am all here for it, that he deserves to be selfish. He's not manipulating something. He absolutely he is. And this is what he does. This is his manipulative move. He says, you know, Francesca gave me a lot of recipes. You know that girl that I totally made up in order to like uh, prove that I was over you, Francesca? Now I'm going to make a joke about it. Look how vulnerable I'm being. Your boyfriend is somewhere else not being vulnerable at all, but I'm going to make a joke about Francesca. This is some hardcore propaganda, Laffy Reifenstahl propaganda. They're on a timeout, and Seth's been a big, big piece of shit. I think Zach is fully in his rights to do everything he's Are doing. Are you serious? Four weeks now, we have been trying to evaluate the douchebagginess or the genuineness of Zach's smiles. And now it all comes to play, baby. We all see how Zach is being a manipulative, terrible friend, piece of shit. Who's he being a bad friend to? Sethala. Because Seth's always been good to Zach? Seth has always done his best. Seth, Seth has fucked over Zach professionally and friendship-wise every single chance he gets. But never smiled like that at Seth. Or Seth never smiled like that at Zach. But yeah, after a year plus of this, I think the smiles are deserved. And also, Seth is a monster. Seth is the worst character on the show, so I think it's fine. For the last two episodes or so, we've been hearing about how Seth is the uh, the artist, the author, the creator of Atomic County, and Zach does stuff. And now From we realize... Seth's mouth. And Zach's mouth and Reed's mouth. And now we realize that uh, Zach set up the whole thing so Seth can get taken up by that so that Zach can move in on Summer. I, th- I think they're parallel. I don't think they're because of. Man, uh, you're a naive asshole. I'm, I'm going to swoop in I'm and not steal naive, your I'm wife. I'm saying Zach's doing this and I'm fine with it because Seth sucks. I'm going to go uh, get your girl. There's no, you never could. 
I laugh in your face to try. Oh, are you serious? Ten thousand th- bucks, you couldn't. Have you uh, talked to her about me? Oh, uh, you should talk to yeah, her. Yeah, I me. have. Uh, so Rabinowitz is not a fan. So Summer goes over to his, and he's fully. He's a full cartoon chef. He has a sideways chef's hat. He is covered in flour, and he's making gnocchi by hand. And Summer compares it to a regular Olive Garden in there, which feels like an insult. And yes. he lets it slide. I would say that, like, hey, this is like an Olive Garden. Is an insult no matter what the situation is. If you say those words, yeah. that feels insulting to me. Uh, and he turns on MTV, as you do when you're having a romantic Italian dinner. Uh, and they try to speak Italian to each other. And then, is, is this a Jerry Maguire reference when she said you had me at Bongiorno? Uh, that's a good question. I guess so. I, I like you should, if you're going out with Seth at this point, you should get a, get, get the fuck away from him. But also if you turn around and look at your other option and it's Zach and he's wearing that hat, the most cartoonish chef's hat that has ever existed. And he has flour all up and down his face. And he's trying to teach you how to say Italian words, more Italian. Get the fuck away from that, you don't too. Think it's, it's cute and endearing. Oh, you my no God. Soul. You who, fucking... Who, who are you? Why you're do you love Zach so much? You look up the what train, did, you just want to be Trey. What did Zach do to you that, like, puts you into his radar? He got shit on forever, and he was chill until he snapped. Oh, my God, Summer. Mamma Mia. I'm going to make pasta with my hat and the flower on my face. I hope that you don't like Seth anymore. This is ridiculous. Summer goes from Italian referencing Jerry Maguire to You Had Me on Bongiorno to Italian referencing Limp Biscuit. When she says, Cohen or no Cohen, I'm just here for the nookie. <laughs> so I think it can't just be put on Zach. I think Summer went there for a reason. Did we talk about you becoming the future Weird Al? <laughs> no. Is this the pitch? Are we going to Hollywood? I feel like the one thing that Weird Al was always missing is that he didn't have songs about food, right? Like, that's what... Yeah. He should have he had more songs song? about food. Um, and I believe that Summer is on the precipice of saying, you know what? Neither one of you. I choose me. You're both fucking idiots. And hopefully nothing convinces me uh, with my skinny-ass comic book-loving boyfriend or this fucking chef hat flower face motherfucker. Hopefully I don't have to kiss either one of these. And she doesn't have to, but then she sees whipped cream-covered Seth eat a cherry out of Mary Sue's mouth on MTV before next to Bananas, Bananas, Bananas. And then she just... Oh, Bananas, go Bananas, go Bananas! She pulls Zach in and kisses him hard. And Zach, and yet another reason why he's a terrible piece of shit, it's not just his shitty Cheshire cat smile, but it's also he doesn't care that it was forced upon him because Seth is on MTV. He just wants to win. He says, I guess you like the Noki. Wait till you taste the Noki. And Noki is a jizzed on cracker from a group yeah. of dudes. And why don't you stick it up here? Yeah. Ryan, uh, the fun part. All last week's episode, and this is over. Unfortunately, we have to take a break. And we have to get into what Marissa and Trey have been up to this whole time. Oh, cool. So uh, grab a blanket and wrap up. Ryan, Marissa shows up at Trey's to, uh, I guess, let him know in person that even though Ryan's out of town for three days, that she's there to help him out. And I got to say, dude, right away, Marissa's being a real bitch. She's been a real slutty whore. She's, like, helpful, and she smiles every once in a while, and she's wearing clothes. And what's her problem? Like, what is up with her? Trey is not. Trey answers the door in a sheet, and she's like, oh, whoa. Uh. And then he, like, and this feels like good old Trey that we've come to love. He's like, I thought with Ryan gone, I'd be alone in Newport. And she's like, no, I don't want to watch. And he's like, yeah. 
And then he closes the door and we find out Jess is there. Instead of like being jealous, she turns real shitty. And she's like, you and Marissa Cooper? Yeah, fucking right, you jailbird loser. And then does a fat line of coke. Well, <laughs> which is Jess's catchphrase. It's not actual words. It's just snorting as much coke as she can in that one second. Uh, and let's talk about Jess because uh, in the last episode, um, she tried to – she had like a boyfriend, I guess, who was also a drug dealer who she tried to hook Marissa up with with drugs and kissing and sex at the same time. So I Drugs, kissing, and sex? I don't know if Jess appreciates like uh, the modern relationship as we know it. And, well, and then even before that, she was hooking up with Trey at that first party that she died. Like She might be a real not good person. I don't want to tell tales out of school. No, <laughs> She's also saying, Trey, damn, how are you? Here's me. Here's you. My bikini's off. I want to hook up with you. This this should be right. This should be fun. This should be nice. Let's do this. Also, idiot, if you think you could hook up with Marissa, you're the fucking dumbest donkey asshole of all time. <laughs> and look, you can say a lot of things, but don't call a dude donkey asshole. That's rude. That's so hurtful. Do you think this is jealousy and this is how it's manifesting, or she's just a mean bully, mean-spirited person? Oh, no. She is definitely a plot tornado. There is no... Uh, Jess has no third dimension to her. She just comes in, she flops in pools, she like lies around, she tries to die in the pools, she comes in, she says, hey, haha, you're a, you're a hillbilly and Marissa's better than you. Like, she only exists to, uh, she is not dynamite, she just has a lighter, you know, and she finds the fuses. Uh-huh. The next morning, uh, Marissa helps Trey get a job at the bait shop, uh, basically Seth's old job, nobody's done it then, the bathrooms are disgusting from the last six months of nobody cleaning them. <laughs> and, Poop uh, for days. <laughs> they've decided to celebrate that night with uh, margaritas and guacamole. And uh, she hugs him. She's like, I'm so proud of you. Uh, and that hug and Jess being real mean to him about the idea of them being together. Obviously, he like looks at the camera, puts his hand to his chin and like nods like, hmm, maybe I should fuck my boy, my brother's girlfriend. So let's talk about Marissa real quick. Um, she is full on. Hey, go to Miami. Ryan Atwood. I don't care. Like, what you might get into is laughable. I, I refuse to be in the Seth and Summer shenanigans. Yeah, the, the way she's acting is like if they had never broken up from season one, and so they, now they've been together for two and a half years solid. But the thing is, too, is that, like, she sort of knows, and I'm not saying this is accurate, but she sort of knows that, like, the things that I could worry about any other boyfriend is not what you would worry about when at what is your boyfriend, you know? no. I'm worried that he's like bare knuckle boxing with like glass and glue on his hands and he's some sort of Floridian vigilante now. Yeah. What I'm worried about is those weird random Florida kangaroos that come up and uh-huh. uh, they accidentally talk shit on like blonde moms and then Ryan's like, oh, we're going to go to town. I- I'm worried like he took a wrong turn in the bayou and like found some sort of like gangster moonshine rig with people's names like Jessup and Hold'em. And like now he has to work for them, but turn against them for the law. What we're worried about is uh, Ryan's stepdad uh, created a whole plane full of hats that says Ryan Atwood's mom is a bitch, and the plane exploded, and all of those hats landed on everyone in Miami, and now he has to go and punch every single person oh, one Atwood time. John Wicking through Miami, I would watch the feature-length movie of that. That's what we're worried about. But Marissa's not worried That's about like. What Marissa has no reason to worry, be worried about like the MTV whipped cream sucking thing. No, he he's too chivalrous for any of that garbage. Which is kind of nice. Uh, like I feel like they're secure right now. You know, like that would be awesome. 
and she's like, I think she is getting over. Like she had the the social chair thing, and then she she was like a recovering addict, and now she's stabilizing. And I think she's putting a lot of extra energy in like helping Trey. Like she was she was kind of a lost puppy, and here's a new one. Let's get to know my boyfriend's brother and and help him out a lot. Uh, but when she says coming from a noble place, when she says this to Ryan, she's like, "Hey, I will help your brother for you." I want to do this for you. I want right. you to think that I am worthwhile. I'm going to help your brother for you. And then she tries to help his brother. Uh, so she she's like, let's watch The Notebook. And he's like, nah, let's play quarters. And then we cut to them, him destroying her at quarters. Uh, to the point where she's like, I, I need to go outside. He's like, yeah, let's get some air. And then he sneaks away and does a bump. Uh, he can't just walk outside with her. He's like, no, I need a jacket in this 70 degree weather. Um, I need a jacket, and what I need a jack is my nose with coke. I got a jacket. And then he comes out, and it's still like this trailer. You're like, all right, he's being lured. I can see the way the show's going, but surely like, he'll back off. He, he seems like he has a good moral core. And he goes, like, it's amazing. Like, I, I got a job. I'm in this great place. I have so many great friends. And he starts to howl. Don't trust anybody who howls in excitement. Uh, and then Marissa tries to howl, and he's like, no, howl harder, and then picks her up and swings her around and says, no, you have to howl like me. We should all howl together. And that, like, freaks her out a little. Like, I do think she's drunk and dizzy, but she's like, that was more vigorous than I wanted. And even though she's probably not thinking, I'm about to get raped, she's thinking, this is weird, right? Like, this sucks. Yeah. I don't like this her, hangout anymore. A coop eyebrow raises, and then he looks at her very seriously and, like, grabs her hips and says, when I'm with you... I feel like you can do anything. I've never felt that way before. And she's like, tries to stop him and tries to pull away. At no point, once his hands go on her hips, does he stop touching her. And at no point does she even do the Kirsten, like, kiss for a second. Right. Instantly is like, please no. Get the fuck off. Uh, And he's like, not listening at all. Says he doesn't have to know. So Trey is, there's no moral core here. He's a real dirtbag. They're on the ground. Like, it turns from, like, a bad romantic situation to nope, this is full on rape and this is really disconcerting to watch. And then she wallops him with a log and runs into the night, leaving her phone and purse. And Ryan tries to call her and Trey is covered in blood, staring at the phone of his, it is fun is gone. I think fun is gone from the OC. Yeah. And I mean, like this will probably, if I had to guess, uh, end in somebody's death. Like there's no, you can't do this to anyone that Ryan Atwood has ever met and just like get away with it. You know, like And and so I haven't seen any of the rest of the season. This is all news to me. Uh but I'm guessing the way Ryan has treated Trey is if like you're a stranger you betray me, you get here. But he Yeah, I think Kichino is gonna come fast and furious here. And then we get something weird. We get something that like I don't know if we got before or after. Which is watching Trey realize what he has done. Mm-hmm. And then like beg for the audience's forgiveness. Oh my God, I fucked up. I'm so fucked. I'm so screwed. What have, what have I done in my life? Do you guys think that I could possibly get out of this? After nope. have, uh, attempting to rape a 16-year-old girl. I If it was just a drunken dirtbaggy try to kiss your brother's girlfriend, maybe the audience could forgive him. Like if he was like, oh no, like stop. Uh, we're used to that kind of drama. This is intense, and like you said about Jess, she's just like a plot tornado. Do you think this does betray the character of Trey we've gotten to know over the last few episodes? I thought about that, and I thought about if if Trey, when Trey goes back for the drugs, right? Like he goes back into his couch and he grabs that coke and does a bump. I thought that he was going to put some of his drugs into Marissa's uh-huh. drink, 
And I think that, that's what I thought as well. I think that would betray it, but he didn't. He wanted to wake himself up, be a little bit less drunk than Marissa was, and then make what he thought was totally going to happen happen. And then, no matter what, the truth revealed itself. Right, or just say like, you know what? Fuck the truth. Uh, the truth might invade my plans. I don't want to think about the truth. I want to get fucked up and then do what I think is right. And they did the thing where like, uh, hey, Marissa, nobody's ever been this nice to me before. You know, like I, I see the way that you look at me. And Marissa was just saying like, oh, I pity you. And I want to help Ryan as much as possible. Yeah. Trey takes that all the wrong ways. Um, and then does bad stuff that like he cannot come back from. And then we get to watch a guy on the beach realize, you know, like, yeah, th- this is it. This is it for me. Like, I have gone so far. I've crossed the line where, like, I'm fucking dead. Yeah, it is. It's disp- if if he didn't die, which I'm assuming he's the character who dies soon, and it's not like Ryan. No, it's summer. Uh, it's summer. Did you? you didn't, oh <laughs> shit! Yeah, you didn't know that. Um, like we've talked about, like, so Cal is irredeemable, like, but we've talked about Julia's redeemable qualities, and we go back and forth with her. I think this puts Trey in the Cal camp of, it doesn't matter like how charming you could be in the next three episodes. Like there's no, like Oliver couldn't come back and we would never be on his side. Uh, but yeah, he's got to get God. And I think that the way that they do that is have Marissa hit him in such a way where it's not just like a bonk to the head, but there are uh-huh. scars there. Like no matter what, if he were to not get got, and let's just say he does, who knows, who knows what will happen to him. Uh, he got a scar in his head because of Marissa's mm-hmm. swing of the bat right to his fucking forehead. Yeah. Uh, very sad for her as a character. Very proud of her. Like, it was that I did not expect the OC to be able to make me go through the things I went through in that scene. It was hard to go through. But no, I mean, like, that's an important point because we have, over the last, like, six, seven episodes, been like, Trey's good, Trey's bad, Trey's good, Trey's bad. I feel like mm-hmm. we've landed at the place we're going to stay at for the rest of time, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, on that note, we are going to take a break. When we come back, let's just get to the awards. Ryan, uh, let's get to the lighter stuff that people come to the show for. What is your magical musical moment of the week? Can I interrupt you real quick, though? Do Do you think sure. that it was like well done, though? Like, do you think did you roll your eyes or like did that hit? Like that was it was a big moment. It hit like a log to the face. <laughs> <laughs> do you think they did a good job, or was it like uh? That Canadian, what's that Canadian soap opera where everyone's in wheelchairs? Drake County High. <laughs> oh, Drake County High, yes. Degrassi. Degrassi, yeah. Uh, I think it was. It, I mean, it wasn't unbelievable by Netflix, but it wasn't Degrassi. I was surprised. I mean, so recently, having gone through an entire show uh, that was only about this subject matter, I was surprised that the OC's version of it could still make me go through something. Yeah, especially because they clearly wanted him to be a villain and. No, it is true. I'm so sorry, Mike. What award are we on? Uh, Ryan fucks up again. Yo, no, you just did it. You win the award. Magical musical moment. Bring him out. Bring him out. Bring him out. T.I. walks to out, out to bring the diving out. board and does it in Miami. How could it not be bring him out? How could it not be? That is Miami's bait shop is that diving board. Uh, not only do we hear Will Smith's Miami twice, I think, but also Sandy brings up, like as uh, our greatest priest said, Will Smith, uh, welcome to Miami. But no, it's T.I.'s bring him out. That song hits hard, dude. It, it hits still. I would still bring it out. What is your sandied wisdom? Is T.I. problematic? Are we supposed to not like him? I don't know. 
All right, so my Sandy wisdom is a little less what we usually do, which is like, hey, Ryan, apple a day keeps the doctor away. And it's a little more of, hey, Bobby, I am Get the more, fuck away from my mother. I am more connected than you would ever believe. And it makes him go to the airport immediately. I, I want that power, skills. dude. How do I get that power? It's in the brows. That's why I've been growing mine out. Uh, mine is the same. Do you have an orange couture? We don't spend a lot of time. Should we do Miami couture? <laughs> no, I have an orange couture. What is it? And that is we often talk about how well-dressed or how well-dressed teenagers think they are in the OC. But mine's going to Jess Sathers, who uh, walks right into uh, Trey's apartment wearing short shorts, short denim shorts, and a bikini, and then unties the bikini. And that's sort of just like, that's how my OC life was, you know? It was just a bunch of girls untying bikinis. The most uh, impressive part of that is she unlaces her bikini and her shorts drop. Like, it is somehow invisibly tied together. Uh, mine is Miami Couture, and it's Swerve, a.k.a. Go Bananas, Go Bananas, Go Bananas, Go, where uh, every piece of clothing, the lining matches, like the lining of his hat matches the collar of his shirt, matches the rim of his shorts. I also love about Swerve is that he shot out banana peels from his sleeves wherever he walked and did not trip on a single one. That's impressive. you go bananas. He doesn't go bananas. I don't have time to go bananas. What is your commas connection, good sir? My commas connection is the late, the great James King, who was, what's her name? Mary Sue? Mary, Mary Sue. Mary Ellen Sue. Uh, who was Goldie in Sin City. Oh. And I thought would have a much better career than what, what happened. What happened to her? I don't know. It's a good question. Probably Weinstein. Do you know, uh, she was on a show called Heart of Dixie. With Rachel Bilson? Starring the one, the only Rachel Bilson. Is that our spinoff after this? We're going to finally get through that Heart of Dixie? Let's make a show called Heart of Dixie starring Rachel Bilson. <laughs> Atwood. He's got an Atwood. All right. So typically, I this is confusing for me because I, like, it's hard to say the difference between um, Sandy's got a Sandy and Atwood's got an Atwood. But this one was Ryan Atwood always, always steps up to the bar and orders his uh, Yoo-Hoo or Diet Mountain Dew. Right at the point where whoever is going to fuel the third act also steps up to the uh-huh. bar and explains their entire plan. So Atwood's got a Atwood. power is a magnet. Atwood's got a Atwood is always being at the bar at the right time. Uh, my Atwood's got a Atwood is Mary Sue starts talking to Seth and all of Ryan's eyebrows raise and goes, no, something's up. We're being hoodwinked here. A, a third eyebrow. That was impressive. Mm-hmm. Why don't you pour another one, Kirsten? I think this one's obvious. Uh, I usually put, when I try to open a bottle of wine, my hands are in the bottle of wine for like a second or two. But these old ass idiots wrap their hands around a bottle of wine like it's a codic of the two of them for 10 or 15 minutes straight. Uh, mine is that same scene because how could it not be? But it is the line she says to him is, is it a bad sign when you've drank so much you can't open a new bottle? That is... You might be a redneck. And then Carter says, no, that means drink more. We got to drink yeah, more, more, bro. Wine, more wine, more wine, go bananas. High noon at Meta Mountain. I have to give this to Pixie, the co-star of the uh, MTV moment. Uh, she was standing next to Swerve, and she did not have a catchphrase like go bananas, go bananas, go bananas. But she was the star of Sherman Oaks, The Real Valley. Oh, and uh, that was right at the time where Laguna Beach, the real OC, was coming out. And I feel like that uh, Sherman Oaks is more the real valley than Laguna yeah. Hills could ever be the real OC. Oh, most. 
definitely. That's South County. That's not even the real OC. Fucking losers. Uh, that is the show. I want to say thank you to the Holophonics. I want to say go to yourpopfilter.com. I want to say go to yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. I want to say go to patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. Pick a tier, shed a tier. It helps us out a lot. Ryan, what other podcasts are there? Go bananas, go bananas, go bananas, go bananas. Go bananas. Okay, that means Superhero Hour and Movie of the Year. You should listen to those. Check them out. Uh, follow us at Your Pop Filter on social. Contact at yourpopfilter.com. If you are very pro-Trey, if you'd love to see more of Pixie, if you have any thoughts about anything we've said, uh, email us, contact at yourpopfilter.com. Mike, can I take a swerve real quick? Sure. Go bananas, go bananas, go bananas, go bananas. Go bananas. Go. Uh, Ryan, do you want to know what's going on bananas next week? I swear to Christ, Mike. This second season has been about to end for like 10 episodes. When are we going to get there? Hopefully soon. But next week, Seth and Zach declare war when they compete against the other for Summer's affections. Meanwhile, Marissa is still reeling from Trey's assault and refuses to confide in Ryan about the incident. Meanwhile, Sandy confronts Kirsten when her drinking problem becomes apparent. He woke up after 15 years and finally realized it. Also... Caleb hands Julie divorce papers. The least dramatic thing that's going on in next week's episode. That is the show. We'll see you next win. Until then, go bananas, go bananas, go bananas, go bananas.